Hi and welcome to the latest episode of the Valencia Property Podcast. We're back after a long, hot summer. Yes, it's been hot. And some time away that we've had, uh, in fact, we took the whole of August off, which we'll tell you about later. In that time, Paul's been looking after the shop and making sure people have been contacted. The website's been updated and we're still doing that now. We're changing the look of it a bit by bit. And we've been doing all of the background stuff that keeps you informed about what's going on in the Valencia property market. So anyway, why do we take a summer break? We do it because it has to be done. It's almost impossible to get things done in August due to a lack of open offices for lawyers, notaries and even banks and yes, I know they're open, but if the person you need to speak to is away, then what are you supposed to do? In Spain, when the person who does a job is away, it's not normal for the organisation to put someone else in place for their holidays who knows exactly what they're doing. Unfortunately, it just doesn't happen. That person returns to a bulging inbox and a pile of papers on the desk, which has the added pain in the backside that they are hardly available for the first week of September too, as they wade their way through their backlog of work. It might be unbelievable, but Spain is different. That's how it works. We start this month with saying what's happening in the market. Well, the market didn't take a break either. We did notice a few price drops on our favourite properties, which we now consider as candidates for our clients. Does this mean the market is dropping? Definitely not. What it means is that people who are asking ridiculous money for their properties have realised they're not going to sell them at those levels, and therefore they've gone to more realistic levels where they may have a chance to sell. We mark places as favourites in Idealista and other portals even when they are not currently at a price to sell, as we know this happens, and then we keep our eyes on the market as a whole for our clients, and when something comes to the price that we think it will work in the market, we go for it. From an investment point of view, there's still great demand for rental property as there is so little rental property available. And that gives you an opportunity to provide someone with an excellent place to live at a decent price. We always suggest you go to a lower price than the market in order to get a great selection of prospective tenants who will look after your place and at the same time pay the rent, the important part of being a landlord I suppose. There was a story in the Spanish press this week that only 90% of Valencian homes have access to fast broadband internet. I prefer to see it this way. Fewer than 10% of places don't have access to fast internet in the Valencia region. This means you are able to offer your property to people with fast internet. And in a lot of cases, it means you're providing a service that all prospective tenants will need to use and gives them the opportunity to work from home too. Have we finally got news about a digital nomad visa? Well. Not quite. It seems they'll start from December and currently it looks as if the requirements will be as follows. To have been working for a company for at least three months prior to applying, to be able to be supported by the company in your application, i.e. they say yes you can work from Spain, and not to be offering services to any Spanish based company while here. In other words, it's not looking as good as previously stated. However, there's still hope as the startup and entrepreneur visas have been looked at at the same time, and we'll be doing a blog post and probably a podcast about all of this once things are clear. It may help with the huge numbers of Brits and Americans wanting to move here who cannot or do not want to do the gold visa and the non-lucrative visa. 
we're going to do a blog post soon about our favorite restaurants in Valencia. Now, I've done this previously, yeah? Uh, a few years ago, I did a blog post that was extremely popular about where to eat out in Valencia. We asked our clients, and they gave us loads of suggestions. However, COVID came along, as we all know, and some of the suggestions are no longer with us. Sad. But others have taken the place. Happy! Therefore, we're going to do an update with suggestions from our clients pretty soon. However, we thought it might be a good idea to give you some suggestions in the podcast as to where to eat out in Valencia. So, we asked our team here for one or two suggestions for eating out, and here we go. I'm going to stick to one of my favourite places from years ago because it continues to be excellent, and that's Las Lunas Soul Kitchen in the Salamanca area. Excellent menu del día, well presented and priced. I'm also going to add in Diva just for the experience because our staff meeting, otherwise known as the only way to get everybody in the same place at the same time, is going to be there today. Paul suggested Mil Gruyas for Asian tapas, just off Blasco Ibanez, and Tonina, which is near Valencia Stadium and the riverbed, and is all about tuna and fish in general. Dave went for Casa Ricardo for seafood and surprises, as it depends on what's being caught that day, and Kathmandu, which does a surprisingly good curry again in the Salamanca area. Jess said Masusa Paella Bar, which does exactly what it says on the tin, Paella, and for the uninitiated out there, even does the crime of paellas in the, af- in the evening. They're a lunch thing for Valencians, you should know that. They also do home delivery or takeaway, and even more amazingly, they do paellas for one, which is unusual, because the only paellas for one you see normally are the tourist ones, which are just reheated rubbish. Paella for two is the normal thing when you go to a restaurant, it always says at least two people. Well, Masusa does it for one. Maria went for, well, Maria went for four different places. She went for El Rec in the Albufera for paellas by the lagoon. She went for Vuelve Carolina for uh, that posh place you go to when you want to try out a tasting menu and a load of cocktails. She also said La Casa Viva in Ruthafa, which is an interesting vegetarian and vegan place. And if when you want to go to your Italian places, go to San Tommaso in the Carmen. It's a quite lovely Italian place. We'll leave links for the websites for those places in the blog post that we've got coming up in a couple of weeks, but they're easy enough to search for online if required. Remember, Google is your friend. Oh, we forgot Gavin. Hi, Gavin. Well, he suggested that we were really overestimating his social life as he can't remember the last place he went to, never mind enjoyed. Small children, you see. I mean, they are getting bigger, but they're still relatively small. Regarding the market, are prices still rising in Valencia? Well, it seems so. There's a huge amount of interest in Valencia and the surrounding areas, as it's considered to be one of the best and most affordable places to live in Europe. The influx of foreign residents to the city continues apace, and the interest from the states continues to grow. The literal shit show that is the UK, just look at the effluent being pumped into the rivers and coastlines around the country, means that the interest continues to be strong there too. In the last year, we've also had lots of clients uprooting from Prague, Vienna and other well-known European cities for various reasons. One of them is the elephant in the room though, safety. Being closer to what's happening in Ukraine is not seen as particularly appealing at the moment. What's happening in the mortgage market at the moment? Well, we've been seeing lots of clients wanting mortgages recently, and therefore we thought it was time to tell you what's happening in the current market. So I tapped up Bothina at Mortgage Direct, our partners, and asked, what's happening? 
So Bothina said, fixed rates, they're mostly available only to clients earning in euros. For everybody else, most banks withdrew the fixed rates altogether and you go on to the variable rates. And when interest rates are rising, that might not be in your interest. This is the most recent change in August and they're telling us we'll get further updates in mid-September. So keep an ear out for that and we'll probably put it in the next podcast as well. Up to now for our American friends, we used two banks which were the only ones that would offer them fixed rates. One of those banks will still do it, but only for mortgages above 500,000 and 20 years. And that's fixed at 70% of the value. The current rate is 3.03%. There's no mandatory life cover, so it's not too bad. This is obviously for VIP clients, so mortgages over 700,000. The 20 years is fixed at 2.55. Now, truth is, we've never done a mortgage over 700,000. So, you know, most of our American clients come over and they want the golden visa, and when you get the golden visa, you can't have a mortgage. Well, you can't have a mortgage on the first 500,000. You can on the rest. One of the banks have now withdrawn fixed rates altogether. We can only get them for euro earners. Fixed rates start at 2.5% on condition the client takes out life cover, home insurance and house alarm and has a bank account with them with regular payments. Now, most of those things you're going to have anyway, so that's not a problem because you're going to take open up a bank account, etc. Saying that, one bank has started to offer currency mortgages. This is very new and perhaps it will be an interesting product for some clients. US clients can have a mortgage in US dollars, fixed, and up to 70% long to value. The rates are about 5% for 20 years. I have to say at this point, that sounds like an ouch. I'd take the risk with the euro mortgage if possible. UK clients, on the other hand, can have a mortgage in pounds, and that's fixed for 20 years at around 4%, up to 70% long to value. That could be interesting, because I would expect interest rates to go above 4% over the next couple of years before dropping down. Clients earning in, let's say, other currencies, Australian dollars, etc., they can still have a 70% mortgage at five years fixed at 3.75% with one bank, but only five years fixed, not 20 years fixed. For the clients earning in euros, the cheapest fixed rate with life cover is about 2.5%. The rates go down with the risk to the bank, so shorter term and lower loan to value will mean cheaper rates. If you're only asking for 50%, you'll get a better rate than if you're asking for 70% perhaps. We're expecting further changes in September, so as I said before, we'll keep listening. In general, the fixed rates are heading towards 4%, but as I'm talking to clients from different countries, it seems Spain is still cheaper. In the US, fixed rates are now between 6 and 8%, Germany 8%, Poland 9%, so perhaps this might be a positive point. Spain's still cheaper. Another positive point is that banks are more open to the subrogación of mortgages. Now, the subrogación is that let's say a client takes out a 20-year fixed rate of 4%, and then in three years' time, there's a much cheaper fixed rate. We can now transfer the mortgage to the cheaper bank. There'll be no arrangement fee, and the bank pays for the cost and valuation. This might, of course, change a little bit with the demand, but it's certainly an option, especially since we think the rates will start to go down again within the next few years. Just one thing about variable rates, the cheapest variable rate with life cover is Euribor plus 1.74. Now that looks good at the moment, but if Euribor goes up to 3-4%, that starts to get expensive. Now, you might remember last month we had the top tips for a successful Valencia property purchase, and I said there'd be some more this month, and here they are. We got plenty of top tips from uh, other clients of ours, and 
there's quite a lot of difference between what they're saying. So listen to them all, see what you think. First we have Stephen talking about making sure you stay within your budget. Hi, one of the things that I really appreciate about Valencia Property, Graham and his crew, is that they always realize that you need to add about 15% to the final cost of whatever you're buying to cover taxes, fees, and whatever. And uh, you need to take that into account. And uh, it's rare that I can say money is no object. So when you need a budget, you have to realize what you really can afford. And what I do appreciate as well is that they don't go over your budget, meaning you don't get to see something that you couldn't possibly afford. So it saves a lot of time for you and for them. Angela talks about the electrics. Hi there. Um, I'm a 60 year old who bought in Valencia some years ago. And in my view, my number one tip for buying a property in Valencia is that it's hot in summer, therefore check the electrical output and the electrical system of a property you intend to buy to make sure that it will service the amount of air conditioning units you might require. Magenta talked about location and also the lawyer. Um, other than obviously the obvious, get a good lawyer hand over power of attorney because for us obviously that was handy because we didn't even have to enter the country and we still haven't um never actually seen the property in person so that was super easy get all that done um but my main thing and correct me if i'm wrong or it sounds rude i don't know is when looking at a property um online or in person especially if you're not familiar with spain is to not be put off by the way a building looks on the outside or especially the communal area like the staircase and the entrance way because in Spain it's not so much about that um, especially like some of the most sought after places for example as you know we bought our apartment in the Cabana and it wasn't always that popular and um, it was a bit run down if you like but now is the best place to invest one of the most popular areas hardest to find a property most one of the most expensive and this is what Corinne said all about her renovations and also about location my first tip is don't be afraid of a renovation but I must admit to you I was terrified of one as we started to look around Valencia. I wanted turnkey, I wanted easy. Me being an American and not aware of how things are done, it just kind of scared me. But we couldn't find exactly what we wanted, so that was a much better fit. And the renovation, now that it's done, it wasn't hard at all. We had great help, of course, uh, with the folks, uh, Graham and his crew, but I have to say it came out exactly how we wanted it. And you're not gonna find that, especially in beautiful old 1940s buildings. And a tip for us was clearly location. And I know everyone says location, location, location. But what we mean by this is we wanted to be close to the city center to be able to walk to everything, but we didn't wanna be surrounded by constant tourist 
loud bars, all of that. So really, we love being up high. We end up buying um, a fifth, fifth story above the Toria Park. And in Gran Via, it's quiet, uh, but yet we can walk to the city market in 15 minutes. So really kind of look at that. We wanted to be in a Spanish area and not surrounded by Airbnbs and tourists everywhere. Amanda talked about the timelines on renovations because sometimes with licenses, it takes a bit longer. Hey Graham, you asked me what my number one tip would be for people that um, are buying in Valencia, other than of course using Valencia property, which is, I would say my number one tip. Um, it, it really would be to have some realistic timelines in mind and then double them. The amount of time it's taken to go through things with the banks, the notaries, and the lawyers has actually taken a lot longer than it was supposed to, which I was expecting, but you know, not to mention the actual work on the house. So even though I padded my time, everything took a lot longer than I even thought it would. And then my other tip would really be to spend time in the area. I'm really lucky that my house is exactly where I would have bought if I were looking now, which is a year later but that could easily have gone the other way in terms of certain streets that have more noise, that kind of thing. It's all kind of, you know, standard tips, but um, I mean, I knew it would take a long time, but the temporary solution I'm in right now is driving me mental because it's been, temporary has been a year plus, but had I planned for that, it would put me in a different state of mind. So if I were to do it again, I would just completely double any estimates that I have so that if it happens earlier, great. But if it doesn't, I wouldn't be pulling my hair out like I am now. Can't wait to get into my house though, soon. Nimesh talked about dreams, and this is a good one as well. Hey dude. Um... Yeah, it's actually something similar to some, what you say, I think, relatively regularly, is that, you know, the, you know, the absolute, if you're going to wait forever for your absolute dream property, it's not going to happen. When I bought mine, I think me and you only went to go and see two, if not three properties. And, and, and you know, we acted pretty quickly and, and I bought the third property that I saw, if not the second. Um, and yeah, it needed stuff doing to it but I could tell pretty quickly that actually the, the, the dream property with everything done perfect at the right price point didn't exist. So if I was to maybe give somebody any advice, it'd be don't expect you know, too much for your money and don't expect the standards maybe in Spanish properties to be the same as what you're gonna get in London. You know, yeah, you can get them there with your own refit, but don't expect to buy one um, at that type of standard and expect some sort of compromise um, is, is kind of what I would maybe tell somebody. They might not want to hear that though. <laughs> That's the only thing. And finally, Andrew came up with a very detailed, very long thing, but it's also very, very useful. Take a listen. Okay, so I, I have a couple of tips for people who are starting the, uh, the search process, and then a few tips for people who are in the process of, of actively purchasing the home that they know they want. Uh, one 
uh, it can be an, a super intense and stressful process to purchase a house uh, or move overseas or, or both, you know, especially with kids. So to echo my wife's beautiful sentiment earlier, um, see if you can kind of picture what kind of lives you want to live in Valencia. Do you want a beach life, a mountain life, city life, suburban, farm life? Choose your location first. Because Valencia just has so much to offer. It has a little bit of everything. So this will help, one, narrow down your search for your realtor. Um, and if you're patient uh, and you, you wait to find the right place for you, knowing that you have that right place for you and your family helps so much when you're navigating the next step, which is the Spanish bureaucracy. And when you're questioning whether the whole... Uh, a stressful situation was worth everything. Uh, and so that kind of brings me to part two, which is navigating the buying process. Uh, and I have a couple of smaller kind of sub tips here. Uh, one is just be prepared. Uh, do your research. Uh, read the blog. Listen to the podcast. And when you are thoroughly overwhelmed by everything that is coming, put your pride aside and ask specific questions about the process. Make sure you understand how everything works make sure you're comfortable, uh, know where things might go sideways. So you are uh, comfortable and calm when you are navigating through it, uh, if and when it does. Um, the second part would be trust your team. Uh, they, they know their stuff. And this is, I guess, specifically for Valencia Properties. This has been our experience. The process can be long, uh, complicated, and can sometimes just unexpectedly change. The market rates might change. The banks might be closed for extended periods of time uh, or, or have additional requirements that aren't, quote, typical, or maybe there's a, a new policy in, impl being implemented this week, or, or the sellers who have lives of their own. They might have something unexpectedly come up that could affect timing, or, or rare of, rarest of all, perhaps, Nothing out of the ordinary will happen, and the process goes completely smooth. What, whatever it is, it's not easy to predict what's going to happen, uh, and that's why it's been so helpful for us to have a dedicated and capable team of people who know how to navigate the terrain and just guide you through. Uh, and the last thing, and Graham, I know you wanted me not to say this, but go with Valencia Properties. They're, they're so honest uh, and they're interested in helping you and just well worth the, the price of admission. They have um, so many contacts in and around Valencia who can help as well. So if they aren't able to get you the answers you need at the time you need it, then they can at the very least point you to that person who can help. Um, and also assume that at some point along the way, you're going to ask a question that can easily be found on the blog, or you're going to contact one of the associates when they are on vacation in a different time zone. And Valencia Properties is really good about just frankly telling you, oh, would you go to the blog, please? Or please do not contact them. They are on, on vacation. Um, but the point being is you're in good hands there, and uh, it's totally worth having kind of a friend in Valencia to help you. Uh, I hope this has been helpful. They have been very helpful to us and we want to help them as well. So take care. Hope you're well. Bye. And thanks to everyone who sent in a voice note for us. We really appreciate it. And I think it's useful for everyone who's listening.
tell you more about the latest listings and blog posts but let's leave it at that for now that's the podcast for this month it should be enough to point you in the right direction of our site valenciaproperty.com that's valencia-property.com where you can find all of our latest listings feature properties latest blogs and more the most comprehensive website for anyone looking for property in or around valencia is ours visit it and contact us and as usual we'll finish off with our recommendations our recommended article is all about people, what people ask for when looking for Valencia property. What do you think is number one? Our recommended podcast this month, yes, we have a recommended podcast apart from ours, is done by the big guys at Valencia Life. Valencia Life is a sort of lifestyle online magazine which talks about Valencia and what's going on. And Eugene has put together a podcast which you can listen to at the link in the show notes. And our recommended property this week is a beach holiday penthouse just down the coast from Valencia and a lovely 45-minute bus ride from the city through the wonderful Albuquerque. If you didn't think you could get a place for 150000 near the beach around Valencia, take a look at this one. Decent price, decent property in a decent area. that's it for this month remember our music is from ghost drone and next month we'll have more we look forward to producing this fear again next month until then goodbye goodbye you have chosen wisely